With the release of Wonder Woman 1984 right around the corner, we're back to hit you with everything you need to know to get into the DC sequel. I'm Gurvir Bra, I'm here with Chamatkar Sandu, and we are screen off script. This episode is going to cover everything Wonder Woman from 2017. We're going to recap, review, and speculate so you don't have to suit up. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. this the hard way a long long time ago what is your mission to stop the war what war the war to end all wars weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine the war can be ours wherever you are you are in more danger than you think i cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. <laughs> she's, she's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Principles. Although, I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise. Alright, Chama, we're back. The tail of the tape for this episode, we got Wonder Woman, written by Alan Heinberg, directed by Patty Jenkins, and starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and David Thewlis. So, the goal of this episode is to get you up to speed on all the important stuff going into Wonder Woman 1984 and review it so you're all set up for the sequel. Joe, how do you feel about like DC right now going into all this? I feel like DC from the get-go, from the jump, hasn't done a great job uh, to be blunt about it. Uh, you start off with Man of Steel, actually probably one of the, the better uh, movies from the from the DCEU. Yeah, even just before we even get to that, we, I like to preface that like we like to stay pretty positive in this show. Yeah. But it's like, this is like the odd occasion where we almost have to, where for, our hand is forced yep. to go into like that negative territory before we go into a more positive territory. But sorry, yeah, continue. No, and we also want to be honest about it as yeah, well, right? Yeah, so and like I said, Man of Steel, I actually think is probably one of the better movies mm-hmm. um, of the bunch. Then we get uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Then we get Suicide Squad. Then we get Wonder Woman. Then we get Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, we're about to get Wonder Woman 1984, the yeah. sequel. So of the bunch, I'm not going to lie, I don't like the, the vast majority of the movies from the DCEU. I feel like they, they thought, okay, we'll go a, a little bit a different direction compared to Marvel. We'll make it a bit more darker, a bit more gritty, 
and the whole tone of the movies has been um, the same. Basically, I, when, I, when I watch Marvel movies, they're fun. They're, they very much represent the comic book characters. They have serious uh, themes throughout the movies, so it's not as if they're not covering some serious stuff there, but I just feel like it's, a, it's, a, it's an enjoyable watch. You're, yeah. you're along for the ride, you have a good time, and I think from directors, actors, the, the, the screenwriters, things like dialogue, pace... Um, even things like the action, set pieces, special effects, just they nail it every single time. Yeah. And also, it's it's part of a you know the 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 the, the bigger universe that we're talking yeah, about. The MCU. the MCU, everything's cohesive, everything works together. And here, I feel like everything's just been a bit disjointed. Yeah, it, it's interesting to kind of compare it to the MCU because I feel like the MCU, yeah, it is more grounded, right? Like the superheroes feel a lot more realistic and. Like, they have their abilities and their powers, but, you know, there's something, like, almost approachable about them. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to kind of set the context of what we're walking into with these movies. Because there's two different ways we can look at the context. First, uh, just on, like, you know, overall the cast level, what we're going into it. We got, obviously, Gal Gadot at this point. She's mostly famous for her role in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty much where she's coming from. Chris Pine coming off that huge... Uh, franchise of Star Trek with uh, being the new Captain Kirk and David Thewlis is also most famous for another huge franchise Harry Potter where he's got the role of Professor Lupin all of them have been in really huge franchises but I'd say at this point Gal Gadot far from a household name like they're coming from a strong background but it's still kind of up in the air also contextually where DC is coming from like you mentioned huge smashing success coming off the the Batman franchise and you know, Chris Nolan says, I'm going to wipe my hands of this. I'm kind of done with this. But DC still wants to stay in the superhero game because they've seen the success of it. Like you said, they they came out with their golden boy, Superman, coming out to kind of a lukewarm reception with Man of Steel, a really big dud with Batman vs. Superman, and also a really big dud with Suicide Squad. And that's kind of where we are at this point in the DCEU. The funny thing about these movies is they were actually commercial hits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Commercially, they did really, really well. Yeah, it's just critically, and when you talk to the fan base, it's it just didn't hit the mark. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing because Batman vs Superman is also where we first meet Wonder Woman. What were your initial thoughts on her at that point? Breath of fresh air. I thought she was actually casting wise. I think Gal Gadot does a great job of actually being Wonder Woman. Uh, I feel like it's also a brand new character that we haven't really seen before at this level. We've seen multiple iterations of Superman. We've seen multiple iterations of Batman, and to now actually have uh, a modern day version of Wonder Woman, a, you know, a very rare female superhero, actually get the big budget blockbuster Hollywood treatment, uh, and to weave that into the the Batman versus Superman storyline. Thought was interesting. Again, the overall movie wasn't the biggest fan of, but I felt like her introduction was a, a, got a big thumbs up from me. In, in addition to just the way she looked, uh, the her theme music scored by Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer, which I think is uh, iconic, um, and I think it's uh, it's one of the the the, ma- the the major positives to take out of what DCEU has done so far. Also, another thing with the whole DCEU, kind of where this, the Man of Steel kind of built off, where we saw Zack Snyder kind of laying the foundation for the whole franchise. Yeah. Right? His, his style is kind of where all the movies are kind of shot in. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed that style with the 300 series, with Watchmen, but after that, kind of felt like he kind of leaned on like a similar style for a lot of it. 
And it, for me, it kind of, uh, it took away from, like, when I watch those movies, it kind of takes away from those shots because, you know, it's supposed to look really cool, but it ends up looking really hokey. Basically, DC kind of served up three big L's walking up until this point, but I feel like we're finally about to go into greener pastures. Uh, why don't we go into Wonder Woman? Jomo, can you hit us with that recap? Yeah, so when a pilot crashes and tells of conflict in the outside world, Diana, an Amazonian warrior in training, leaves home to fight a war, discovering her full powers and true destiny. When army pilot Steve Trevor crashes on the warrior's secluded island paradise, disrupting the fictitious all-female sanctuary of Themyscira, created by the gods of Olympus, Princess Diana of the immortal Amazons aids for his rescue and wins the decisive right to escort him home heading to an early 20th century london to stop the war she believes is influenced by the god Ares, leaving behind the only life she's ever known and entering the cynical world of men for the first time torn between a mission to promote peace and her own warrior upbringing as a wonder woman Diana must fight evil in a war to end all wars while hoping to unlock the potential of a humanity she doesn't always understand. Please slow down, Diana. That's your leader? How could he say that? Believe that? And, and you, with your duty to simply give them a book? No. You didn't stand your ground. You, you didn't fight. Because there was no chance of changing his mind. This is Ares, and he's not going to allow a negotiation or a surrender. The millions of people you talked about, they will die. We are going anyway. You mean you were lying? I'm a spy. That's what I do. How do I know you're not lying to me right now? John, what were your thoughts on the movie? We just finished watching it again. Give me your impressions. Yeah, so this is the second time, uh, or maybe the third time I've watched this movie. I remember watching it back in 2017 when it first came out. I had a really good time with Wonder Woman the first time. Mm -hmm. Really good memories. I, I still think it's a good time. I think Patty Jenkins does a very good job. I enjoy Gal Gadot and Chris Pine's uh, chemistry. Um, I think that's what really holds this movie together. And I feel like just because it hasn't got anything to do with Batman, Superman, it ha doesn't have any of Zack Snyder's fingerprints on this, I feel is a good thing. Um, I feel like the tone is a lot more like a Marvel movie than some of the other DCEU movies, which I, again, I think is a good thing. They have fun. They play with dialogue they play with wonder woman being the kind of fish out of water you know you know you know walking around london you know during the world war mm -hmm. and um yeah i just think it's a fun time you you can dive into this film in, in, in any moment and you know you can start watching it you know you're not really missing out on too much and because it is set in the past it's kind of like the first captain america movie in many respects where yeah. you know it's an origin story you know they're kind of laying the foundations you know whatever happens in the end she's gonna survive because of obviously what we've seen in Batman vs Superman, um, but in terms of an introductory, of more you know, uh, well-painted picture of Wonder Woman, her background, where she comes from, I think is great. I also think it's hilarious that DC essentially took Greek mythology and owned it. Yeah, it's like Marvel. Every every character in Marvel is completely unique IP, and with regards to you know Wonder Woman and where she comes from, they're like, yeah, we'll just borrow all of Greek mythology and all yeah. the gods, and we'll just own that as our our own IP in creating this uh, character of Wonder Woman. It's a smart move. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but like you like you said, it does kind of feel, feel like a Captain America kind of vibe. But for me, it also is like a huge throwback to like those early like 90s and 80s superhero movies. Pretty much. Out of all of DC movies, this is the one that finally kind of understands its identity. It doesn't try to be dark for the sake of being dark. It's over the top still, but 
like you know as a superhero movie should be, but it works for it. Yeah, like it, it leans into it in a good way. Uh, I think the best thing they did in this entire building this franchise around Gal Gadot is like the best thing they could have done. She's fantastic in this movie. She's fantastic in this part, as she should be. You know, she's like Wonder Woman, is such a tremendous character. The innocence of like that isolation that she had, like that you said, that's great. And her just being a, an aspirational superhero. It just works. I love that. It's not something where, you know, she's this dark person and we're just trying to, like, sympathize with her that she's trying to work through these feelings. Like, she's a great person. Yeah. And, like, she, she's what, like, Superman should be. This is the one where they finally got it right. Uh, another thing, Chris Pine is really good in this, too. I think he adds so much levity. He portrayed a character that's still very strong. And the fact that he needs Wonder Woman's help makes him or sorry makes wonder woman come across as even more of a badass because this guy is a real badass what are you doing out of my Diana, look at me if you kill Ludendorff before we find the gas we won't be able to stop anything i will stop aries what if you're wrong but there is no aries you don't believe me i can't let you do this what i do is not up to you <laughs> And uh, I think the director and the writer did a great job of highlighting these characters. You really end up caring about them. And the biggest thing also on the other side is uh, Sir Patrick or Ares. They, it ends up being such a cool villain. Yep. He's portrayed so well and his reasoning and like the way he's manipulative is, it comes off across so well. Mankind stole this world from us. He ruined it day by day. And I, the only one wise enough to see it, was left too weak to stop them. All these years, I have struggled alone, whispering into their ears, ideas, inspiration for formulas, weapons. But I don't make them use them. They start these wars on their own. All I do is orchestrate an armistice I know they cannot keep in the hope they will destroy themselves. Did you have any issues? Anything that you were like, you know what? If they could just fix up, tighten up these things, maybe it'll make it even better going into the, like, the future of this franchise. No, I, th I thought they did a good job in terms of establishing some, uh, establishing some characters on Famous Gura, Wonder Woman's background, which I'm sure will play a part. Uh, and actually has already played a part in some of the other movies anyway, mm -hmm. right? For example, Justice League. You know, we yeah. get a lot more um, of, of that world being portrayed in that movie. Uh, obviously, we get Ares. Now, that's a good way of saying, hey, maybe we'll get some more gods of... Um, you know, or Greek mythology that are going to enter the fray down the road at some point, perhaps. Mm, yeah. Um, and no, I mean, I, I thought, like I said, I think this was far and far and far and above. This was the this has been so far the best movie of the DCEU. Yeah, absolutely. I did bring this up for a reason because there are two things that I, I did have a little bit of a problem with. Sure. One thing was the idea of that character, Doctor Poison. I didn't like that character. I think it's too hokey. The, the actor that portrays her is just... I think out of like specific set of like this franchise, I think it didn't work at all. That's like the hokiest thing of all everything. She basically feels like the worst part of like those shitty like 90s villains. Right. Like that's kind of annoying. Uh, and secondly, uh, there is a little bit of still that Zack Snyderism in a few shots in this movie, like the action sequences. And I think 
if they were able to move away from that. But again, going back to the other side, this was definitely DC's first critical success. On IMDb, it's a 7.4, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 93%. Wow, okay, yeah, so, so really high score on Rotten Really did really well. Why do you think this kind of resonated differently with critics, audiences, as where other DC movies kind of failed? I think something that we've already mentioned, it's probably the most Marvel-esque kind of movie that DC has produced to date. I think a lot of fans were had a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth, given what Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman had produced thus far. Mm-hmm. And also, I just think that for for women particularly to finally see, you know, a strong female superhero come to life in a big blockbuster movie like Wonder Woman, you know, probably resonated a lot with them and and hit home because we just don't much like Black Panther, not getting a a black superhero really give, given the the big Hollywood treatment. It's it's not something that we see that often. And for Wonder Woman, one of the most iconic, you know, superhero. Um, from the comic books to actually get that um, treatment from Hollywood I think was big even the big thing like you you mentioned that it does feel like it's on par with like the MCU movies and stuff like that but this is the only movie where it feels like they're like the rest of the DCU EU movies feel like they're all a response to the MCU like we're just trying to catch up to the Avengers we're just trying to do this so we can finally get to that place because they see the success of the the collaborative uh, project but basically like those are all just kind of copies right Wonder Woman is finally like a standalone story that's so much more and didn't occupy itself with kind of building up to that Justice League thing. And I think that's primarily why it works by itself. Yeah. Now DC feels like it's going to have a completely different approach with the movies that they're making. What changed? Why are people excited about DC movies again? I think for a few different reasons. I think number one with Wonder Woman and then we saw with Aquaman and Shazam, we have seen a shift in tone. I think these movies are starting to be a little bit more fun. Uh, they kind of they've started to move away from that gritty, dark tone that the earlier movies that were helmed by Zack Snyder kind of really forced upon us. I think the second thing is I think fans are getting really excited about one movie in particular that is on the books that is a, is potentially going to allow the DCEU to almost hit the reset button, which still allows us to still commit to everything that we're watching at the moment, and that is Flash mm-hmm. uh, and the Flashpoint movie, where essentially, you know, we already know that Michael Keaton's going to uh, make an appearance in that in that movie as the the Batman from the Tim Burton movies, and we know that Ben Affleck's going to be involved in that movie uh, as Batman as well, and so. We'll see what the, I guess, the long-term effects of that movie is. Um, but what it means is, is if there's anything that we've seen so far that we don't like, that's the movie that can help reset the button on a lot. So don't. It's almost like that movie is, hey, don't give up on us just yet. Yeah. We're still around. We're gonna fix this. We're gonna make it up to you. Just bear with us while we get this all right. Um, and at the same time, hey. We're still nailed it with Wonder Woman. Yeah. So and Wonder Woman, you know, 1984 that we're gonna see in a couple of days on Christmas Day. The, the great thing about that, as well as the original from 2017, is they're set in the past, right? So they're not set, you know, at a time where Batman's in, the, in play and, and Superman's in play and The Flash is in play. Go, and going back to your point, it's her story, it's a standalone story. Um, she can, she's got, you know, plenty of villains in her mythology that they can work with, so it's completely separate. Also, they finally got, like, they started pairing the right directors with the right cast. Absolutely, and uh, Wonder Woman's a great case study for that as well. It's like, you've got Patty Jenkins directing this movie, can you imagine if they had appointed a man to direct Wonder Woman? It just yeah. wouldn't have worked. Um, but yeah, while we're on the subject, what projects are you most excited about with DC going forward? 
for me, it really is that Flash movie, to be honest with you. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the Suicide Squad. Uh, again, I'll see what James Gunn uh, produces, but just already kind of seeing that some of the same uh, actors are back portraying the same characters, it's going to be a bit of a tough sell on me personally. So, But again, I'm willing to give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt because he is James Gunn at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, he's The big great thing, though, is that concept is so good. Like, the idea of taking all these villains and, like, forcing them to like kind of act on your behalf yeah like I, I just love that like how can you get that wrong <laughs> it, it has to get like if they get that right it's going to be fantastic I exactly think. and you ask how can they get that wrong just watch the first one so yeah, yeah absolutely, movie, absolutely right yeah. <laughs> case in point um but for me the, the big movie is the flash movie uh for because for me if they don't nail that nothing else means anything to me yeah, Honestly, yeah. it really doesn't the crazy thing too is we haven't even mentioned that they, they have like this huge new Batman movie coming out with Matt Reeves kind of directing with Robert Pattinson playing Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne and it's cool because it's a new approach to it's like it's supposed to be like more like a film noir kind of idea of Batman and Robert Pattinson's basically been getting as far away from that whole Twilight stink that he had on him he's been in tremendous movies over and over just coming off Tenet really he has been growing as an actor so it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of grows into that role because it is still that big franchise but now it's almost like we want to see how good you are let's see how you can play at the highest level yeah yeah. And plus, they, like I said, they've got a sequel to Aquaman uh, in pre-production. Aquaman, I've only seen the one time. Again, I don't, I don't think it was on the level of Wonder Woman, but pretty good. Definitely, again, away from those kind of Zack Snyder movies. Plus, they've got a Shazam sequel. Shazam was you know, a lot of fun. Uh, and they got Black Adam. I was just going to say, yeah. The Rock. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in business with The Rock here, Black Adam. If any movie is going to be successful commercially, yeah. it's got to be Black Adam. Yeah. And I feel like this is the chance for The Rock to really kind of cement himself in that superhero space because he's never really touched it yeah right and like he's obviously been working on this for a while so that's gonna be really interesting and the cool thing is like you know they have shazam and this is like property that kind of exists together yeah so they can kind of uh like intermingle those kinds of properties without having to go into that huge justice league kind of thing yeah but yeah let's keep it going do you while we're watching wonder woman did you notice any flaws or gaps that just don't make any sense or kind of were just funny to you I don't know if any flaws or gaps but I just genuinely enjoyed the chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot I thought the dialogue was fantastic especially when he first lands on Themyscira and they're kind of having that interaction she's like looking at him and he's thinking he's looking at his, his package but she's looking at the <laughs> actual watch which they kind of bring full circle at the end of the movie uh, I didn't see you come in would you say you're a Typical example of your sex. I am above average. What's that? It's a, uh... oh, um, it's a watch. Um, I, I just think the whole, uh, her being a fish out of water, him being a spy, um, him being a man, her being a woman, all kind of stuff, just playing, you know, along these kind of lines of, you know, he's bringing her into this, you know, world of, you know, World War One, yeah, um, London. It could have been really hokey, but it came off really funny. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, no, no, me too. And again, I think it's just uh, it, a lot of these um, scenes really reminded me of the original Richard Donner Superman movie mm -hmm. with Christopher Reeve. Uh, especially the scene when they're in the kind of alleyway and she kind of protects him. Mm -hmm. It's almost a direct play on Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent 
protecting Lois from you know getting jacked by a robber in an alleyway. Yeah. Um, so I thought that kind of stuff was hilarious. Yeah, I, I had a few. I had, for me, like the, the biggest early message, and I feel like it resonates so much in like today's world, is that like men ain't shit. I feel like that's something that they really push. Also, it's weird how so many characters have like weird names like Hippolyta and Antiope, and then you have Diana. Like, why <laughs> yeah. is that something that should have been happening? And uh, it's also a weird choice that they have German characters and they speak English to each other. Yeah. Right? Where in different scenes, they have Wonder Woman speaking all these different languages and there's subtitles right there. Why not just have the German characters speak German to each other and just have some subtitles? I thought that was a really weird choice. I didn't make any sense to me. Any interesting stats, anecdotes, anything you found? Yeah, I mean, look. So, again, we, do, we talked about this earlier on where these movies, although critically have been bashed, they have been commercial successes. So, case in point here, Wonder Woman grossed $821 million worldwide off a production budget of just between 120 to $150 million. So... They got their money back and then some, right? And obviously that uh, greenlit a sequel because this, this movie, this franchise, and this character is making them money. But the other thing is, this is actually the very first female-directed live-action film to have a $100 million-plus budget. What? That's crazy. The first? The first. In 2017? In 2017. Jesus Christ. The other... Um, female superhero movie was Electra, like many many years ago oh, yeah, yeah. and that didn't have a production budget that high um and that again was, this is that was during the dark ages exactly <laughs> and this is 2017 yeah. obviously after that we got captain marvel which obviously you know had a, a high production budget as well mm-hmm. uh, the other thing i actually um found while i was kind of doing some research here was and this is fascinating to me wonder woman was banned in lebanon after the campaign to boycott supporters of israel asked the Lebanese government's Ministry of Economy and Trade to block the film because its star Gal Gadot is a former Israeli Defense Forces soldier. Wow. The Lebanese government did not ban, however, <laughs> Gal Gadot's Fast and Furious films, which did screen in Lebanon. How that's, about that one? That's really weird. That's like such a weird... It's like... Why make it political? <laughs> yeah, why get... Exactly. So you're going to allow her movies in the Fast and Furious franchise to you know, be released in theatres. All of a sudden, she is the lead in a movie, an iconic character of Wonder Woman. And just because she's a, a former soldier in the Israeli Defense Forces, you're like, yeah, we're going to ban the movie in Lebanon. What's up, a, what's up with that? That's a really odd choice. Yeah. Um, one actually that I, did, I found as well was that Joss Whedon actually, like you mentioned, it'd be weird if the man did direct everything. Joss Whedon actually wrote an early draft of the script for Wonder Woman. But uh, it kind of leaked on the internet as well, and nobody, including the studio, liked it. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of unfortunate for him. Uh, and the interesting thing is, for him, he was actually going to originally cast Colby Smulders as an early choice to play Wonder Woman, who famously currently plays Maria Hill in the Avengers movies. Mm. So that would have been interesting too. Uh, why don't we go into the soundtrack of the movie? Uh, obviously... The score is tremendous. What kind of role do you think it plays over there? Huge. I actually love this uh, score in general a lot. Uh, But the key bit of music that I think is perfect is going back to the score that Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL provided. This is the score specifically for Wonder Woman in all the action sequences. We first hear it in Batman vs Superman and then it's prevalent throughout Wonder Woman. And for me, 
that is as iconic as Superman's iconic um, score from John Williams in the uh, Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah, they killed it. That, I think that that little riff is yeah. so iconic. Yeah. Were there any unanswered questions from the movie leading into the sequel that you're like excited to explore? There was just the one, right? And I guess we kind of know the answer to this question. So I guess it's not an unanswered question, but essentially it's like, did Chris Pine character Steve Trevor actually die? Yeah. We know that he's alive and well. How? We don't know. That's my. That was mine too. Yeah, we see him in the trailers for Wonder Woman 1984, so we know he's alive. And also, this is like, what, 50, 60 years later? So I don't know how they're going to explain this, but yeah. that is the big un- unanswered question. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be, like, obviously some sort of supernatural element or mythological element, but uh, I'm interested to see where they go with that. What's your conclusions to take away from the movie overall? My biggest conclusion from this movie is I feel like when Warner Brothers actually spend the time get the right people involved in a project from a catalogue of characters and comic books and properties that they own in the DC universe, they can do it right and they can nail it. It's just they haven't done it consistently enough. So it at least gives you some hope that moving forward, they're going to, you know, corner, you know, t- turn the corner and actually get us on the right track. Because honestly, some of these characters are some of my favourite characters, period. So, and I want to see Hollywood do them justice. Yeah, honestly, Wonder Woman is such a tremendous character. This is, for me, by far the best EU movie. Uh, I don't think they, any of the other ones really come close at this point. But it's just really cool to see such a strong woman kind of portrayed in this movie. Uh, who's the best character? All right, so I was actually going to go with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I'm going to just go ahead and say that is my pick. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and I'm actually going to pivot a little bit. I mm-hmm. actually think Chris Pine, Steve Trevor, does a, he does a fantastic job yeah. as Steve. And I think without that character and without Chris Pine's performance, I think this movie perhaps can fall apart very, very easily. I think the chemistry and all of the scenes between uh, Steve and Wonder Woman, Diana, in this movie is what actually makes the movie enjoyable for the most part. 100%. Best line of the movie. Okay, so this is at the climax of the movie, and it's between Steve and and Diana, and he says, I can save today, you can save the world. And then he hands Diana his watch, and he says, I wish we had more time, I love you. And again, I thought, bringing back that moment regarding the watch from earlier in the movie, and just the dialogue there was spot on. I think uh, a really badass thing that they do a little earlier in the movie was where Steve Trevor says, this war is a great big mess. And there's not a whole lot you and I can do about that. We can get back to London and try to get the men who can. And then Diana says, I am the man who can. That's a badass line. That like I think she killed it there. What about the best scene? Easy. Wonder Woman versus Ares. Who doesn't want some God on God action? For me, it was actually when uh, she kind of steps up into no man's land and right. kind of just runs shit. That was cool as That well. scene, I think, really gets it done for me. Uh, what are you most excited about for the sequel? Honestly, there's two things. I think first of all, first of all, we've got Kristen Wiig, uh, who's going to be playing Cheetah. I think that's going to be interesting. Like very interesting. I, I would never have expected her to be cast in that kind of role. Yeah. So a little uh, off left field casting there, but I'm all about that. I'm like, yeah. why not, right? Uh, but also, and probably um, more importantly, Pedro Pascal, Mandalorian oh himself, <laughs> is going to be playing a key role in the movie, but we just don't know what. So I'm hella hype about that because I think 2020 has been the year of Pedro Pascal in many respects. Yeah, he's um, shit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And then the final thing about this sequel that I'm really hype about is the fact that it is set in the 80s. That's like, my biggest one. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's Wonder Woman 1984. It's going to be set in the 80s. So when it comes to 
what they wear, how they talk, the music, and how they kind of weave in some, you know, 1980s iconography into it, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I love movies from the 80s. Yeah. Like, I, I, that alone does it for me. Setting a superhero movie in the 80s with our sensibilities of now, that sounds like the ideal way to spend a fucking afternoon. Yeah. All right, now let's get into the final section of the show. Let's get right where you recommend one movie or TV show that can accompany this perfectly. Jumma, what's Sandu's pick? Oh, I'm going to actually give you two. And they're both movies, and when I'm thinking about strong female leads like Wonder Woman, like Gal Gadot, I think of two movies right off the bat. They are both James Cameron movies. The first is Aliens, the sequel to Alien, uh, played by Sigourney Weaver, which I think is the best movie of that franchise. Awesome pick. And the second one is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And again, Linda Hamilton, what a transformation from her from the first movie to this really lean, militaristic action hero, um, you know, playing Sarah Connor, but a completely different version of Sarah Connor, just like she's almost a Terminator herself. So yeah, if you if you like Wonder Woman, and if you guys are interested in seeing some other movies with really strong female leads, Aliens and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. For Bra's pick, I went with Mad Max Fury Road, another movie with another kick-ass female character, uh, and just a movie that makes you feel like you're on cocaine for the first five minutes. Like, it's so well done. Easily one of my favorite action movies or big blockbuster movies ever. Uh, I think they just knocked that one out of the park. So that's my recommendation. Mad Max, Fury Road. So that's the Wonder Woman show. We're going to hit you with the Wonder Woman 1984 next week after we finally get a chance to see it. John, where can everybody find us? All right, we are at Screen Off Script on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you that are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, do us a solid favor. As soon as you finish listening to this episode, rate us, review us. It goes a huge way in terms of allowing this show to be found on the Apple Podcast platform. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Take care.